Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Another new track off that Black Pumas album, which uh, was officially released on Friday. Uh, but they, they're kind of trickling about. That's the new way of uh, streaming with albums, Rod. They, they tease you with a song every couple weeks off the new album. And by the time they put the whole thing out, you've already heard and gotten in, gotten hooked on three or four of the songs. Mm-hmm. Chris Stapleton just did that recently with his new album. Uh, put out the White Horse song and a couple others. And then you're already, you're already familiar with a couple. And then you just get the whole dang thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, added to your library. Uh, but there we go. Fabulous fifth hour starts with the Black Pumas. Austin own, Austin's own, as uh, Nick Shuley mentioned last hour, uh, they will be at Waterloo Records on Friday. With That's a, cool. With a signing. So you get to That's meet nice. those guys, get your new album signed. The place will be packed, too. Because the real music fans like to uh, buy the record if they have albums and the vinyl or buy the buy the whole thing and then have them sign it. That'll be cool with Eric Burton and Adrian Casada. We hope you can join our show here tomorrow or Friday, working on that with his management. That'd be cool, uh, but yeah, little music, little sports, little sound, and uh, you know, good stuff. And I love the Marcus Freeman thing. Also, Mike McDaniel last hour, and Michael Taft. You know, Rod Taft the, Daddy, Taft Daddy. You know, on the Michael Taft thing, we were talking last night. You and I, and Jerry Hamilton was with us earlier this morning. Um, you know, on the uh, on Texas Football YouTube channel for Inside Texas, we yes. did a Tuesday night live stream, a lot of Q and A, a lot of good stuff. And one of the things we, well, good topics we stumbled upon was your, you know, breaking down the film and the Longhorns' miscommunication in the back end. Yeah. So and over and over again, especially especially it. in two-minute drill situations, as you call them, crisis situations, where the, the team's going fast. you got to mm-hmm. think quick. Yep. Uh, they're not giving you time to, to get your breath. And the Longhorns have failed at that this year. They've been dreadfully bad, actually. And yeah. uh, they've been pretty good in other phases. But oh, we've yeah. still seen the crossing routes and the things have, you know, mm-hmm. getting the safeties and coverage has been a problem. When I hear that, and, and then we have the, the, the listeners and everybody talking about, well, they rotate their safeties a lot. Sark talks about they want to have be fresh. Do I, I'm being too simple as the guy on the radio saying, can we, short, can we tighten this thing up so the same guys are on the field together more often so that the communication can improve? Because, it, you know, it's kind of like an offensive line. You've got to have five guys working together. You exactly. played at secondaries. You got to have five dudes back there who kind of knows what the other guy's thinking all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You you played with enough really good DBs, but you guys were on the field together the whole time, so you could almost read Ahmad Brooks' mind. Yeah, you almost learn. You guys see the, the the plays the same way. Yeah, right. You guys are hive minded. That's what we used to call it, right? You guys have a hive mind. Everybody's seeing the same things, reading the same keys. Um, I know how. Uh, Ahmad Brooks is going to react to a three-by-one formation out of this coverage. I know exactly what he's going to do. We can make our uh, calls and audibles and have and confirm them with each other and communicate. That's just smart. That's the way you, you're supposed to do it. But even if we didn't do that, because we hang out so much and we play together so much, we have that natural chemistry. And it happens with anybody, right? It happens with people you work with, 
the more you're in relationships with, the more you're together, the more time you spend together, the better your communication, the better your chemistry. Uh, you start finishing each other's sentences. You know, you, you learn these little inside jokes because y'all think the same. Y'all see the world the same. Same thing with football. I played with Ahmad Brooks and Nathan Vasher, played with those guys for so long that, you know, by the time, you know, we – they spent two years together playing together. We knew how to solve problems internally um, through our own communication. At, at one point, I remember Coach Akina saying, you know, I don't even go over to interrupt you guys to coach you guys up right after you guys make a mistake on the field and there's a mental error or a coverage bust because he, li- he wanted us to figure it out first. He said he would observe us first to see if we could figure it out. Because the first thing we should do when you come to the sideline is talk about the coverage bus, talk about the mental error, whatever happened. And that's exactly what we do. Everybody go on the sideline, communicate it, talk about the breakdown, what you see, what you see. This is what I saw. This is what we should have been looking at. Okay, we got it. Everybody on the same page. We got it. Go. And Coach Keenan would come over after and go, everybody good? We good? Yeah, we good. We got it. And that's what you can do with a veteran secondary when you know they're all on the same page. With this group, a lot of rotations happening, so you have a lot of different machinations uh, of, of secondary guys playing together. So I'm not saying they don't have some of that chemistry, but it would be a, it would be much better if they were the same group playing together most of the time. You still can situationally, uh, you know, give guys a, a breather and try to play some more guys, but I think we're at the point now where you got to tighten up your rotation to secondary just so teams don't try to explore and expose you, but also so the communication and the chemistry is better back there because right now it's bad. It is bad. It's bad. Um, and, and, you know, this goes to Sark, right? I mean, this, is, this also is management of the game. We've talked about going for the fake field goal right ahead of the two-minute drill, puts momentum in the building, puts Houston on a high. Got to manage that better. Yep. We want to keep them down. Get your points. Get your kickoff team on the field. See if you can mm-hmm. back them up. That's exactly right. Uh, be a head coach here. I go back to the Oklahoma game where, you know, you're trying to defend two-minute drill and defend a victory, and they move it three plays. They're missed tackles, blown coverages. Yep. In three plays, they're to the 20-yard line. I said, Sark, call timeout. Call timeout. He did in the U of H game. He did in the U of H They called it. They yeah. called it timeout. <laughs> so he, they, they learned their lesson. He did in the U of H game. So he, I was like, hey, he it's, called I'm the, at the Cotton Bowl. Hey, call timeout. <laughs> you conceded field goal here. Exactly. We're going to overtime, but yeah. don't lose the damn game right lose here. Game. Yeah. And, of course, two plays later, there's a pass interference, and then there's that, then they that busted blow, coverage. Blow, blow a coverage. Busted coverage and a, a gap integrity breakdown. You're right. And they did. They should have called the timeout. He learned. They called the timeout in the U of H game. Yeah. I thought about you. And they said, hey, they called the timeout. I bet he was happy about yeah. that. Well, uh, <laughs> hey, look, offensive, it, it, offensive coaches, they don't want to use yeah. their timeouts. But at the same time, sometimes you got to get a T.O. Get Dickie V, baby. It's Dickie okay. V. It's okay. Things are scrambling. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's like they it's like calling the timeout would be acknowledging that okay we're we're getting beat here that we're we're in a retreat we're losing all right this this current battle and that's okay because sometimes you need to you need to regroup you need to recalibrate and, and other teams get some momentum they go on run yeah. the quarterback gets hot and that's the NBA and the basketball side for me you know team starts going on a on an eight zero run get that's the co coach court. call the timeout man let's get everybody get a deep breath let's get back on the same yep. page this game's gonna get out of hand on us here. And, you know, that's, that's the game management, management. Yes. for Sark. Yes. Now, you've got to fix all those things. Uh, now, you're going to play two teams this week or this week and next. Let's focus on this week. It's not a pass-first team. Uh, they're not great offensively. They, they beat Texas Tech last week because of five turnovers. They still only threw for 125 yards in that game. Uh, Keaton Slovis, they're not a dynamic passing they, offense. Yeah, they're not an explosive offense But at so all. you still I, – I agree with you 100%. You've got to start tightening this up, and especially with young guys. And I know the injuries have been a part of it. They'd love to have Jalen Catalan on the field more often oh, than yeah. Ryan Watts. No question. So that would be Sark's answer. Like, wait a second, guys. We've got guys that can't play. We, so we've got to 
you know, kind of kind of fit this thing together for now. But uh, I love that point that you guys could solve it on your own. That, that those were some great secondaries. Well, it's, it's, it was a grow. It was a, you know, it's about growth, right? It's about growth. It's about trust. He wanted us to be able to trust each other, but also he wanted to be able to trust us. He wanted to be able to trust us that we that essentially Coach Kendall would describe it as essentially I, I broke all you guys down in terms of your mental game and your physical game, and I rebuilt you in my own image. You guys are little Aquinas running around out there. <laughs> you see the game the same way I, I would see the game, and you should have the same keys and the same checks, and you should have the same audibles. You should be thinking about the same technique and fundamentals all the time, and he was right about that. I think at one point we all were seeing the game very similar because we all saw it like Coach Aquinas saw the game, and and I, right now, I don't know if these guys are hive-minded enough where they're all seeing the game same. And to your point about the timeout, the timeout came with uh, with a minute 57 left on the on, in the game, and they had just gotten a 15-yard catch by Dalton Carnes. <laughs> the little, walk on. Yeah, right, a walk on. And they called a timeout, and then there was a first and 10, and then that was a two-yard run. Then there was the seven-yard pass on second and eight where Terrence Brooks makes an amazing tackle. All right, to hold them to a third and one, and then you get the third and one, you get the bad spot, and you stop them. The timeout helped. It helped. It helped. It helped. They, if they'd have done that in Oklahoma game, who knows what would have happened in that game. You never know. You might never have, know. Might have been an overtime. Might have overtime, and then you win the oh, game, right? Field goal. That's, miss a field goal. Coaching matters. It does, matters so no, much, Especially man. in those moments. Yeah. Uh, it's like we talk about Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy. When, when, when you get to that part of the game, Every everything thing. is magnified. Oh, man. Uh, somebody said it could also help if we get some pressure on the quarterback. Well, that's true. And, look, this team, by that point of the game against Houston, Ethan Burke was on the sidelines. He's hurt. Yeah, you imagine. Probably your best edge rusher at that point. You're banged up, and, you know, it's the end of the game. The Longhorns get more interior pressure than they do right now. Let's also say on the fourth touchdown – was it the fourth? Uh, uh, the man jack one. No. Is the man jack one? Well, on the, on the, I think it was the last touchdown Donovan Smith threw. Uh, it was Jalen Gilbo that came on a corner blitz. It was, it was a man jack touchdown yeah. on the long over route. Yes. They lose contain on the blitz. Yeah, yes. and that's where PK was, was listening to the texture saying, we've got to get some pressure. And he brought the heat. And you pointed out that on the inter- uh, the turnovers that were forced in the fourth quarter. Blitzes. Came on blitzes. Yep. Uh, PK understood. We, got, we can't let this guy stand back there. Our secondary is really struggling. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Ford had the blitz that forced the fumble. Yep. They blitzed off the corner on the interception by Michael Taff. And that guy, that sped up Donovan Smith. And then, yeah, the one that, that Manjack right. caught. They, they had brought him. It. Uh, Jalen Gibble had him. And he just was coming off the left yep. side. And, uh, you know, Donovan Smith spun out of it. You got to contain that. And that left it open. And, and hit the DB did not have inside leverage. Jerry Thompson kind of let him, let him go, let him cross his face. And at that situation, when he's running a deep over route, if he's going to cross your face, cut him off. Yeah. Cut him off on the upfield shoulder. Our DBs don't do that enough. They don't cut off those you? inside cuts. Man, cut that guy off. Don't just let him cross your face. He crosses your face. He's open. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you this? Uh, does this matter? This could be the, the dumb guy. Uh, you had Dwayne Aquino coaching every position, and he cross-trained everybody. Yeah, he did. Does it matter that there's one coach for the safeties and one coach for the corners? No, no, not really. I mean, it shouldn't matter at all. It should be an advantage for you. (laughs) You got more individual attention on it. Uh, But maybe the communication, though. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe the communication. I'm assuming they're in different rooms. Yeah, yeah, so maybe it's the communication because they're not being taught exactly the same thing. So that could be an issue. There's no doubt whether it's a coaching issue or whether it's a player issue, communication is the biggest problem in the secondary, and they got to get it fixed. Health, health and communication. Health and communication, no doubt. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah they got to get everybody back. Uh, that could happen this week, and, again, every measure, and Rod will take us behind the BOC. But uh, I will say that the communication issues were there before the injuries. That's right. 
That's to somebody right. who tracks the games, they were there before the entrance. That's also a great point. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go back to communication being the big one. You yeah. got to get you got to get that fixed, man. Well, and now if you're Sark, you know you got to know, you got to coach around it. You got you've got to manage the game, knowing that uh, let's try to stay out of the two minute drill where we can. Exactly. Let's run our own four minute drill. Come on. Let's coach. not leave them too much time on the clock. I mean, all those things. Complimentary that, football. Yeah, you got to. Really. Got yeah. to. Especially with a young quarterback now. Yeah. Oh man. So I expect Sark to, you know, be thinking about all the different phases of the game. And you're right about that. E. This is going to test Sark's uh, t- ability to take his coaching to another level. Yeah. Uh, because he's going to get in his bag offensively. We're going to see him get really creative with personnel groupings and about quarterback development, all right, because now he's back to playing. As Jerry said, I don't know how often he plays freshman quarterbacks. We know one, Quinn Ewers, but other than that, Sark don't have a history for playing young quarterbacks. He doesn't like to do that. Um, So he's got to play a young quarterback, um, but also now you're going to see him have to essentially be coaching in a complementary fashion to make sure that all the different phases of the game are uplifting one another. Yeah, because that offense ain't going to be as prolific and dynamic as it was with Quinn. Now, it may be, but I happen to think you'll probably have some growing pains here or there just until the young quarterback in the league gets in a groove and gets in a rhythm and is confident. Uh, good stuff. We'll do more UT behind the burnt orange curtain at the bottom of the hour. Also, we've got the uh, Rangers now know the Arizona Diamondbacks are their opponent in the World Series. Obviously, mm. continue to look towards that game. Yeah. I'll just say the Rangers, you know, the Rangers would have known. They would have had the, the Phillies' full respect because uh, the Phillies were in the World Series a year ago. Uh, I, I don't think this happened because I trust Bruce, Bruce Bochy too much and the veterans in that team. They can't take the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks look like a team on paper that they shouldn't be here. They're way too early for this, but they've gotten hot, and mm-hmm. don't tell them no, man. Don't tell them they can't do it. No, that team just believes. It's kind of like the Rangers. They both have this similar mindset of, you know, we play our brand of ball. We can admit anybody. Rangers hit a lot of home runs. Diamondbacks don't hit any. Uh, but the the one thing the the Diamondbacks have, which maybe even more than Houston, is they have this unbelievable bullpen. Mm. If they get a lead on you, they're going to beat you. Uh, and the the game that series with the Phillies swung on the Phillies bullpen because the the Phillies had uh, it was game five um, in Arizona, game four, and the the Phillies had it. Phillies were about to go up three games to one, and their bullpen blew it. The Diamondbacks came back, won that game. Then the Phillies won game five to even it. Uh, or to take the 3-2 lead, but that one game four that they they had, they couldn't get the final eight mm-hmm. outs or six outs. They win that. They win the series. Instead, they're going home. Do not play behind against the Diamondbacks because they can throw a bunch of arms at you, and it might be an inning-by-inning inning thing, mm-hmm. but Tori lavola has got a bunch of guys, a yeah. bunch of guys that are, uh, you know, throw that wicked curveball. Brett Strom, the former Astro pitching coach, mm-hmm. doing That's an incredible point. job with the Diamondbacks. You don't want to play from behind. Starting pitching has to be good against that team because once they get the lead, even it's a, like now, like last night, fourth inning. Yeah. Fourth inning, they start going to their bullpen. Yeah, this postseason, you know, it's really been the team that gets out fast and gets off to a fast start that's had the, a big advantage. I want to say the win percentage of the team that scores first, 75% in the playoffs so far in Major League Baseball. That's unbelievable. And that worries me a little bit about the Rangers because the Rangers have been getting off the fast start, so that's good. But if they don't, remember, this is a team that blew 33 saves in the regular season. The Rangers blew well, a lot the of saves. They went 2-52 and 52 when they were trailing after seven innings, went 1-58 and 58 when trailing after eight innings. This is a team that actually hasn't been great when they're trailing late in games and been clutch when they're trailing late in games. And the, the one thing they had against the Houston Astros was total familiarity. There was no yes. secrets between those two teams. So they're not nervous about the game. They're like, we play these dudes all the time. Yeah, we know these guys. Uh, they won't know the Diamondbacks and vice versa, vice versa. Real note, this is interesting, and I appreciate our listeners who are always looking for cool 
uh, little stories that we to keep us up because we can't see everything, Rod. No, we cannot. But this tweet, a uh, series of tweets came from a guy named Aaron Torres at Fox Sports. Okay. Okay. Here's what he was talking about the Michigan sign stealing scandal, and some people think it's uh, the NCAA overreaching or it's not a huge deal. How about this? This according to Aaron Torres, was told by an airtight source tonight that at least one major sports book has been advised to take Michigan lines off the board for the time being. And he says, for those who still don't get it, this isn't an NCAA rules or dumb issue. It's an integrity of the sport issue. To be clear, no idea if it will happen. Variables like that are way above my pay grade to go into those decisions. But if you think this is just an NCAA issue, you're mistaken. So Vegas is paying attention. Uh, has, has Michigan in this scheme wow. created an unfair advantage that's going to affect their their gambling lines, Rod? That's crazy. I mean, I gave the stat yesterday that Michigan defense has allowed three passing touchdowns and scored four pick sixes. So they, they've actually scored more touchdowns than they've given up and allowed this year through eight games. They hadn't faced a first and goal or any snap inside the 10-yard line this season. You know, those types of mind-blowing stats are taken, are put into a different context <laughs> when you're talking about this sign-stealing scandal and stuff like that. I, I, I still think, listen, it is a rule, and if you violate that rule, and it looks like this was a multi-year systematic op- organized operation. Right, and and there's even a report from it says we're bringing up reports about science scandal. One of my favorite reports is the uh, the apparently that was a post on like Reddit from like June, like early this year. Here it is right here from this guy from SB Nation. It says that they actually have tracked the first allegation against Michigan was from a uh, a poster from 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 Tennessee. Arnie Palmy Alert, <laughs> which posted on a message by Tennessee message board in December of 2022. He said one of my, his brother's friends was hired as a scout by Michigan. And as part of his job, he was tasked with attending a Tennessee game and stealing the team's signs. The poster is not only is not only the first person um, to discuss the sign and play stealing, but also is the only person to directly implicate Jim Harbaugh. In the post, he says, according to his acquaintance, nobody is supposed to ever discuss the plan directly with the head coach. And then on June 17th of 2022, same poster, Arnie Palmy Alert, came back and he explained that the mutual friend was paid to fly around to games, sit behind the home team bench, take videos, and make notes of their signs and plays. He added that it appeared Michigan was pulling out all the stops on their signs still in scheme. Well, say- this was four months before the Yahoo Sports report about an investigation about sign stealing. And if Vegas is paying attention, it's a big deal, right? I mean, that, that, that's obviously affecting lines, and that's affecting their bottom line. Crazy, uh, That is one to watch. And, again, people will talk about sign, sign stealing within the NCAA rules is not illegal. We just heard all the series of people you talked about. Deion Sanders said you still have to stop it. Matt Rule had the best point, saying just put communication between the quarterback and the coordinator, and we won't have this problem. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what I think – go back to the Greg Schiano audio we played earlier in the week uh, from Rutgers. He was the first coach that publicly made some accus- uh, some veiled kind of assertions that something's going on here, right? <coughs> going to halftime, he's doing his halftime interview with the lady on the field, and he says, yeah, we got, we got some, some stuff here that's not right going on. We've got to go get that fixed. So think about this, Rod. If you have the signs and you've gone to the extent of that, of buying those tickets on the 50-yard line so you get mm-hmm. the right angle so you can video everything that they're doing. And then, as you said, put it into an AI algorithm that will come out with the probabilities and the, uh, 
you know, what these not lines lean. What, what, what I think coaches are saying is Michigan is not only stealing signs, that on, they're using the information they videoed and the, the study that they did on that, mm-hmm. that on game day, that same guy, Colin, Connor. Yeah, you know, Connor Stallions. Stallions. Yeah is then seen on the field talking to the coordinator. Yeah, that's bad. So here's what a Greg Shiano says. We, we, know, we get to the line of scrimmage. We look at their defense. We don't like it. We check, right? Everybody looks over. Check with me. That's what those signs are. They're checking to a new play. Well, then all of a sudden Michigan is watching, and they check right to, to the right play. play. Yeah. They <laughs> check to another play. To a defense, yeah. <laughs> that, and, and, and they do it over and over again. You check, they check. Well, then they check right into the right play. How, it, it's not possible that they continue to check into the right play over and over again. Defensively, because Rod, what, what what are the checks for? To get out of a bad play and into a good play. Yep. If the opposing team is seeing that and then checking out of the play they were in right into the right play that stops you, that's an advantage and that's mm-hmm. a problem. And that's why whether it's an NCAA, it shouldn't be a rule, and they should have the uh, the the headset communication, which we would all agree to. That's an advantage because what that is allowing them to do, and that's why the NCAA rule specifically says you can go to games. And uh, you know, you mean you can yeah. still, if you're doing like Rod B and you got a notepad and you yes. got your spiral notebook, I can talk, I can make notes on everything, I can draw up all the signs, I can do whatever I want to. You just cannot use technologically advanced uh, material to do it. Yeah, you cannot use uh, any type of cameras and then recording stuff. You can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, and that's what they've been caught doing. It they appears doing that. Yes. Yeah. And then the, the, the real damning part is in this Connor Stallions is on the sidelines during the game. Using that information, allegedly, using that information to inform coaching decisions in real and time. coaching calls in, in real, real time. time. Yeah, and it's not helping that they said this was a two-year operation, and about two years ago, that's when Harbaugh got it turned. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He, he took a pay cut because he was about to be fired two years ago, and he's 32 and 38 and 1. 2015 to 2020, everybody's saying, yeah, Harbaugh just ain't going to get it fixed there at Michigan. And then in 2021, when he's got his guys, supposedly, all of a sudden, he's got his guys. He's 23-11-2 in terms of against the spread. We're talking about against the spread. So this is a, so we're talking about Vegas. We're talking about Vegas here. We're talking about against the spread. He's 32-38-1, 2015 to 2020. So he's losing record against the spread. And now, allegedly, now within the window of where these, this sign-stealing operation handled, he's 23-11-2 against the spread and now considers to have the best team in the country? And he can, and I can beat Ohio State, his rival? Like, so I'm not saying I believe it, but it, it, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that's seeming to pile up against him right now. Yeah, that's when it turns. A lot of it. And they went from, <laughs> from uh, you know, underperforming team to now powerhouse. Right. And, and recruiting matters, the talent matters. It does. But, you know. The and, timeline, though. It's, right. Well, and, and those will say, well, you shouldn't need sign stealing to beat Rutgers. Well, no, but they're, they're doing it. <laughs> they're doing it. it. Hey, it helps, y'all. And it you helps. just gave the numbers on defense <laughs> of how they don't – no one's taking a snap in the red zone. Uh, it helps you to suffocate that team and choke Ooh. that team out. It does help to know the sign that they've checked to. Hey, NCAA, starting today. Just do just it. add the headset yes. communication. What are you waiting on? Just Vegas say, right? Vegas will pay for it. Yeah, just, just say, right. Exactly, because they're doing about the integrity of the game. That's hurting Vegas' money. Like, yeah. All right? So just say today. Say, listen, next season, we're start done. Everybody start. Next Saturday. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know it might be hard for some schools to, you know, get, get the equipment and all that kind of stuff. Just say, next season, we're starting. As a matter of fact, the bowl games, we're going to break it out for the bowl games That's for right. everybody. That's right. Bowl games in the Final Four. Bowl games sure. in the Final Four. Like, what? I don't even understand. Championship Saturday. Yeah, so, but I, I, listen, I understand the motive for Jim Harbaugh, and honestly, I, I believe he did have an operation uh, in place to try to steal signs. But the, the fact that they didn't try to cover it up, though, E, the fact that they did not—they were not covert in this. This was not a clandestine operation. It seems like it was pretty well known right. what they were yeah, doing. Colin Stallions is using his name to buy <laughs> tickets through StubHub. Right. 
and think about this: they, how, how if they get caught for this, and it is a big deal. Because you know, the one thing I'll say is we've got so much information so quickly. Once it started to come, it's like an avalanche of things. Well, because people are voluntarily. Uh, oh well, now there are a lot of witnesses out there that are voluntarily well, information. Because look, the fact that he used his own money. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, credit cards, bought tickets through StubHub and other ventures to buy mm. tickets, not just anywhere in the stadium. He was buying 50-yard line tickets because he's got to have the right view. Do you know how expensive 50-yard line tickets are? And, and he was buying on, on both sides. Yeah. Because he had to be able to get one. Oh, yeah. He had to get their sidelines. signs. Yeah, for the both, yeah, yeah. Because you don't flip sidelines in football. you yeah. got to get both sidelines. I want to get the behind view of them doing the signs, but I want to get the opposing team's view of the signs yes. from, the, from the field. Yes, so i got to right. get both sides. So i got to get both sides. i got to buy tickets to both, and I'm going to use my name. And so then when they go back in the stadiums and they're looking into this, they were thinking, okay, yeah, we have a Connor Stallions, exactly. and he sat in these seats. And then they get their, their, their video surveillance equipment that's in Boom. the stadium. Boom, oh, got it. we can zero in on that seat, and there he is. With a camera in his hand. <laughs> yeah. He's the only guy that got a camera up the whole time. He's not even watching the game. He's not cheering or anything. Now he's on administrative. And the guy came from the military where he's got, like, code-breaking mm-hmm. skills or whatnot. And I, I, I think, ultimately, like you said, they got him on uh, – I think uh, Brady said, Brady Quinn said they got him on paid leave. Which means, hey, man, don't, we don't need you to start blowing the whistle. Don't turn on us just yet. Uh, uh, right now, Michigan is looking for a fall guy, and they're probably trying to, I don't know, find out who within the organization can be the fall guy because they're going to try to keep Harbaugh out of it. Like he Connor did Stallions know. become Oliver North in this case. But they don't have subpoena power necessarily. The NCAA doesn't have subpoena power. So I don't know how they're going to compel Connor Stallions to come it's forward. Like Major League Baseball. That would be different. Yeah, so with no subpoena power, what do you do here? Yeah, that's right. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Can't uh, keep it. He says kind of guys can't wait for the 30 for 30 in five years. That's oh, it's going to be great. Somebody asked great. about why Vegas. He says, well, how does size going affect the future games in a way Vegas has to adjust? Look, Vegas is setting lines based on what they think is a level game. Mm-hmm. Right? So they set the line to the, the yeah. algorithm they have. Yeah. And if the game's on level, it's not on an even playing field and there's shenanigans going on, then we're getting the line wrong, you We'll take it off, exactly. We'll and, just take it off the board. that goes to your numbers if they've covered 23 out of the last – 40, Vegas knows. Yeah, Vegas saying, like, Why do we keep taking a bath on, on Michigan here? We're getting crushed on the Wolverines. Yep. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. When Vegas gets involved, be afraid, Ooh, be very afraid. Yes, Hook sir. Up. Before the top of the hour, some what's popping, including uh, tonight in the 50 straight nights of football and Wemby Mania. Wemby Mania. Oh, yeah. What's popping? That'll be popping off. All right, Rod, I have the solution. I've come up with it. Give it to me. Let's do it. All right, so I know the NCAA is impotent, and they are investigating this sign stealing. Takes them forever. Why wouldn't? Okay. As of today, Mm -hmm. by noon today, the Big Ten Conference say, we as a conference are instituting our rule and we're going to pay for the communication between the coach and the coordinator and the quarterback in our league because there's no more non-conference games to worry about. They're playing oh, so you, all Big Ten games. So, you, so they so basically instantly couldn't argue an unfair advantage. Right. Because you're like, no, everybody in our conference everybody will in our have conference it. Everybody in our conference has it. We're okay. paying for it. Okay, that's a good point. We're getting rid of the signs. It's a nice old loophole. So you guys can talk. Yeah. 
Uh, because look, but then you won't be able to do it in the in the college football playoff. But though. but the college football playoff could then say, you know what, we have three, two months to prepare for this. We're going to institute it too. That's true. Uh, That's and true. So, but because here's the thing: if if you're if you if you're of the opinion that it doesn't really matter. You shouldn't be against this because Michigan will still be dominant and be great. And that's what the Big Ten should be trying to protect. If Michigan goes and beats Georgia and wins the national championship, what you don't want is a tainted championship. Agree. Trust I'm an Astros fan. You don't want the You don't want the tainted I mean, Astros <laughs> fans know this. You don't want the tainted title, man. And it if is. this is already out midseason, why wouldn't the Big Ten say, guys, we've got to protect this brand? And, well, what do you know? If Michigan's performance slides and all of a sudden they don't have this hey. perceived advantage that maybe they're getting because of this two-year-long system they've put into place – then that'll be exposed. Yep. If all of a sudden they're not as dominant uh, and come back to the pack a little bit, that'll obviously look terrible for Jim Harbaugh. I like and at that. least we'll know. But either way, it's to protect the game and say, you know what, the NCAA can't institute this now because they, they govern 300 schools that play football. Exactly. And they, some of them can't afford this technology. they move at a glacier-like pace anyway. Yes. Yeah. It's like the tax code. It's just too big. It's <laughs> enormous. It's like, well, no, the Big Ten could step in and say, guys, we have plenty of money. I agree with that. We've got our teams. Then the SEC probably would follow suit. Yeah. And say, yeah. you know what, we're, we're, we're understanding what this is. Now, I feel bad for all those guys that hold the signs on game day because they're all going to get fired. Oh, sorry, dude. You're gone. You got lost in the game. <laughs> You're gone, <laughs> man. We don't need you anymore. No longer need you. But yeah. see, wouldn't that be a, a – a, so, again, it may, may sound crazy, but at the same time – No, I like it. it. And if you're the reason the Big Ten should do it is to protect Michigan. Like, if it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, if it's not helping them in any way, which some people will say, and Michigan will argue, then that's fine. Then this shouldn't matter at all. Hill of beans. But if it does and it exposes Michigan, I mean, I guess it's still for the Big Ten. The other other members to, of your conference will appreciate as it. As I say, for the Big Ten, it's still good because the Ohio States and your Pitt States and everybody else will be like, see, thank you guys. We told you they were frauds. They were cheating. You know what else? You, know, you play the game, right? You know what else would love it? The players who don't have to learn all these dumb signs and posters and this means this and this means well, that. Well, I think the coaches would love it too because I think about the process of basically having to put all this, trying to put all of your, your plays and all of your checks and audibles into coded form, whether it be a Beyonce picture or a picture of Taylor Swift, all these poster boards of all these random pop culture characters or all the hand signs. Think about how long that takes. Think about the, the, the memory the retention that it takes, all that kind of stuff with teenagers. You're trying to teach them all. And the reason they do the pop culture stuff is because teenagers relate to it better. Yeah. They can remember it better. This Beyonce, oh, the Beyonce check. I got that one. That easy. And this is what Matt Rule was saying is, he said, gosh, that hurts them in the NFL because the way that they are learning and their way to recall is not how the NFL relies we'll on. Play that again because that's uh, exactly right? what Matt Rule said. On disseminating plays. They don't do it that way. And you guys are now teaching them the game and teaching them how to recall and remember plays in a way that does not translate to the next level. And so he's saying that's why. And for the coaches, like I said, you must be spending extra hours daily just on deciphering and coding all your plays and checks and audibles. You, you can well, just Sark, Sark, talk to a headset. Sark has talked about the fact they've got multiple guys on the sidelines calling different plays. It's misinformation, too, because right. you've got to have the misinformation guy. That all goes away. When the, when the coordinator <laughs> can get in his, on his microphone and tell the quarterback in his ear, hey, we're running this play. If we don't like it, check to this. Oh, man. Everybody wins. Yeah. I think it's a win. I don't know if there's a loser in it, except for the guys. You're right. You said it. The guy that hold up the sign. Sorry. Sorry, hold up sign guy. Right. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> You're out, man. Go find another job. Trust me, you'll find a better one anyway. You're more yeah. skilled yeah. than that. Uh, but, yes, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm to the point now that there's enough out there 
that it, they need to protect Michigan or expose Michigan, one of the two, and that would do it. Now, could the Big Ten do that? Would the NCAA allow the Big Ten to come in and say, look, we've got the money to do this, we have the technology, we're instituting this ASAP? I love that idea. And why would you, why would you care what the NCAA says? It's not disrespecting them. <laughs> no. You say, man, I know you've got a job. protecting your conference. Yeah. And maybe, maybe a national champion from your conference. Exactly. You're saying, basically, NCAA, your job is tough enough. I'm not trying to make your job tougher. We're going to do our own thing over here for the, for the uh, obviously, what's best for our individual conference and for our brand. And we're not trying to tell you to overburden other programs who may not have the resources we do. But all schools in our conference have the resources necessary to, you know, and, and we'll fund it. We, we yeah, make a hundred this. million dollars a year for a team. We get, and, and you know who <laughs> should be first in line to agree with it and, and endorse it is Michigan. That would be great. Michigan that, that would be we great. are all on board with that, one hundred percent on board because this is not helping us win games. Wow. It's it, it got a lot of layers to it. It's yeah. got a lot of layers when you start breaking it down. It's Let's, interesting. And, and there's it's not because so much information has already come out. What's coming next? I know that you know there's a bomb. You know NCAA's holding on something. They holding on to something so they can win the well, quarter. You just went opinion. through the, the timeline of Reddit and two years oh, ago. Man. This is this is when it all turned for Michigan. They've got to have to fight against that if it doesn't change. And the coaches know, by the way. I used to talk to Mac Brown about this all the time. Mac Brown would always say. We know who's cheating. Yeah, yeah. We know who's cheating and recruiting because the players tell us. We know who's operating outside the NCAA rules because we got people that even other coaches will tell us, hey, man, my coach over here cheating because they want a job with another coach somewhere. They want them to know, hey, I wasn't uh, a part of this uh. cheating stuff. So there's a lot of talking in the streets about coaches operating outside the rules, and all the coaches in the Big Ten, they know. Hey, uh, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain one more time on this Wednesday. Longhorns getting ready for the BYU Cougars. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, Longhorn fans, pretty excited, actually. There's a bit of a buzz with Longhorn fans. Usually when your backup quarterback has to play, starting quarterback is injured, there's a bit of anxiety. Like, people are freaking out. You know, Longhorn fans are anxious, uh, and there's a lot of pessimism about what could happen and what will happen. I'll admit, this, and we've been – through a lot of quarterback, you know, turnover here at Texas, quarterback controversies, quarterback hell, quarterback competitions, whatever you want to call it. We've been through a lot of those. And so we know the feeling usually when, oh, man, starting quarterback is out. Oh, this dreadful feeling of uh, something bad happening or it being a bad omen. This is one of the first times, E, I remember the starting quarterback not being available. And Longhorn fans are not overly pessimistic. Yeah, They're that's a good point. Right? They're actually – Pretty excited and anxious in a good way about what Malik is going to bring to the table. So I actually think that's, that's a credit to Malik. It's a credit to Malik. And, I, and here's why I'll tell you it's a credit to Malik. Because, you know, when Sarek recruited Quinn and brought in Quinn, you had Malik here. There, the assumption was, man, Malik definitely going to transfer. Now you bring in Quinn. He's already anointed as the starting quarterback. And you know, to a certain extent, he kind of was. Uh, but Malik didn't leave. Malik stayed. And then you bring in Arch Manning, and then everybody believes, okay, you're bringing in Arch Manning, first family of football. Well, after Quinn goes to the NFL, Arch is definitely going to be the starting quarterback. Why the hell would Malik stay? He can go start somewhere else, transfer a portal era. He's definitely leaving. He's definitely gone. He stayed. And then after the spring game, he shows out. That's probably also why Longhorn fans are feeling you know, really optimistic about this because they've seen a little bit of Malik, and they love what they've seen so far. And then after the spring game, all the reports are he looked so good that there were several Power 5 programs tampering, right, and looking to uh, try to entice Malik to leave and give him a bag to leave. 
And every, every Longhorn fan, including myself, thought, yeah, he's definitely going to take that bag. I mean, considering the quarterbacks that are in the room now with him in the competition, and he can go somewhere and start right away. And he didn't. He didn't go, leave to go start right away and take the bag. He got a bag from Texas, BMDs and NIL uh, money from Texas, but he didn't leave. He wanted to be here. That means a lot. I've said this about Wimby. You know, the most, to me, if I'm a Spurs fan, the most exciting thing about Wimby is not that he is considered to be the, the greatest prospect drafted into the NBA since LeBron James or that he is the, uh, the biggest or the most, uh, uh, I would say, the most impressive physical freak the NBA has seen since a LeBron James. That's actually not what, ex- what excites me the most about the Spurs fans. What excites me the most about my Spurs fan is that he wants to be a Spur, that he grew up his whole life dreaming of becoming a San Antonio Spur. There's no American basketball player other than one that grows up in San Antonio that grows up wanting to be a professional basketball player and play for the Spurs. It just doesn't happen that way. You want to play for a glamour market, a glamour team, right? The Lakers. You want to play for them. You want to play for the Miami Heat. No, no. He wants to be a spur. He wants to be there. He, more so than any other place. Even when he has to sign um, as a sign extension or he becomes a free agent, whatever, he's going to want to sign with the Spurs. That's his dream team, his fantasy. He said that. He said before the draft, he said, man, honestly, I had a dream that I was drafted by San Antonio. It was my dream, my fantasy, and that's all who I always wanted to play for. And if I'm a Spurs fan, that's why I get excited because more so than anything, he's committed to them because it's something that he's always wanted. Same thing with Malik. Malik has always wanted to play for Sark. He loves Sark and believes in Sark, even to the point where when Sark's bringing in other quarterbacks right, to play, he's like, no, nah, I'm staying because I love Sark. I think that's number one. I think number two, I think he's got serious competitive sickness. In a good way. I think, like, like all players should think on that roster, like I thought when I got to Texas, he looked around that room at the highly rated, highly recruited prospects like Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, both five stars, highest rated prospects in the history of recruiting, those kind of guys. And he watched them at practice and said to himself, I think I'm just as good, if not better. I mean, they, they're good, but I'm just as good, if not better. I said the same thing when I looked around <laughs> at all the great athletes in my room went, I'm just as good, if not better. And then you went and then you go to work. And I think that's what I love about him is that he does have the competitive. He wants to prove himself in this quarterback room, which may be the, the best quarterback room in the country with the quarterback, nurturer quarterback guru that is Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. He wants this opportunity. And I'm glad he's got it um, because he earned it to stay at Texas through all that. When you had all, all the opportunities to leave and to stay, to stay at Texas to, 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 to be coached by Steve Sarkeesian, the guy that you think can bring out the best in you, but also the fact that he wanted to prove to himself, I think, more than anybody else, he'll prove it to us, but to himself that I'm just as good, if not better, than two of the highest rated, highest highly recruited prospects in the history of recruiting. I think that's part of it, yeah. and I'm happy for him. I'm excited for him. I love it. Uh, all right, we come back. What is popping? No, we call it what's popping tonight. tonight uh, looking forward to a, another night of the 50 nights of football. Ty will have a Sex Panther pick of the night coming off of uh, last night. And, of course, Wemby Mania. Uh, we'll preview Spurs Mavericks game number one. When was the last time you actually made appointment to tune into a Spurs. regular season Spurs game in October? <laughs> great point. Uh, we'll find out. Coming next. Talk about. Sound like an intro. Jet song. Give me that tempo. Oh. So pull here, fool. 
told her don't let her friends know in the bill and I move like a dime even fettuccine right, and chisels from my microphone now what is what's popping poppin'? what is popping rod oh what's pop oh wimby tonight yeah, that's popping wimby that spurs and the mouse baby yeah i don't watch nba this early but that's i i think wimby's kind of must see television he's one of them athletes that I'm going to have to make time for. Got to see it. Got to make time for I did post that picture uh, of him guarding Chris Paul. I still think every time I look at it, I'm like, what? Looks like something out of cartoon, Rod. Have you seen the picture <laughs> I posted? you seen the picture I posted? I tagged you in on Twitter. The picture yeah. of he and Chris oh, Paul. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's like, come on, man. It, look, it looks fake. It, it looks fake. It doesn't even look real, but he, he, looks, like, he looks fake sometimes out there. <laughs> yeah, it's like Chris Paul's a shorter guy. I get that, but at the same time. He looks like a child out there. It was like when we would see Deuce Vaughn on the field with, uh, with, uh, oh, with like the offensive load, where he's like standing next to the O line. Yeah, <laughs> he's standing next to like Tyron Smith or something. Yeah, and it's like, big old what? dude. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And yeah, and Wemby's like seven five, got these great long arms, and Chris Paul's on the baseline, and it's like he's like a little kid. It's like, mm. what are we doing here? Crazy. Uh, man. And of course, he's very athletic and skilled, and so we'll look into that today. That'll be fun to watch. You know, it's not popping, Ron. What's that? I just looked at my fantasy football teams for today. Ty, you'll love this. I had been running for the last few weeks with Brett Maher, the kicker for the Rams. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys cut. He's actually been picking, kicking pretty damn good. He was one of the points leaders. Rams cut him. Cut him today. Man. See ya. He missed two kicks against the Steelers, and they said, get out of here. Man, the 49ers kicker who they drafted has been terrible. They, ain't, they, ain't kick, they haven't cut him. Drafted in the third round. Yeah, I Brett know. Maher out. So I'm like, oh, no. Now I don't wow. know the kicker. And he's actually been pretty decent for me, but, yeah, missed two kicks last damn, week. Damn, two kicks and you're done like that? Short leash. Wow. Sean McVay, short leash, brother. That, that kicker life's a tough life, man. It's a tough life. I've always said, man, don't raise your kid to be a kicker. Raise him to be a punter. Uh, oh, or a deep snapper. Better yet, oh, long snapper. every time. No, punter, you don't. Punter. No, you don't. E, they've changed the rules. You can't hit the long snapper. Oh, that's right. The NFL cannot hit the long snapper, man. They've changed that rule. So, long snapper is the best job you can have. The reason they changed the rules is because they're so rare. Nobody wants to replace a long snapper because a long snapper gets hurt. I can't replace them. You go, dude, trust me. It's a great life. Cullen left over like the, 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 uh, Cullen, I met Cullen several times. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Oh, yeah. He's played double-digit years, that it's, guy. That's why. <laughs> he's just but snapping. punchers, man, they don't have that pressure. They've got to make a big kick. That's, that's make true. A big, big, they can't be shanking the ball all the time. That's true. Trouble. Yeah, kickers actually have to deal with fights in the locker room. Potentially, they miss a kick. Somebody yeah. might come try to fight them. Like, they might get cut. You're right. Oh, nobody, nobody gets mad at punter for shanking it. Kickers are <laughs> enemy number one. That's true. That's a good point. You're right about that. That's a tough life. That's a hard life, man. you got to have, a, you punter, have testicular though, fortitude. Uh, Ty Harrington, our great friend, his uh, his cousin is Shane Leckler. Shane Leckler going Ooh. to the Hall of Fame as a punter, man. That's what I'm saying. When you're when your kids yeah, like true. training, you can train them to be a left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher, yeah. DB. That's a good a point. Punter though, Rod. Punter or deep snapper, you can train for that. You can. No, you can. I, you can earn a scholarship just deep snapping. Yeah, I'm telling you because they need you. So just saying, kid. Oh, I was a deep snapper. There. I know. I went to camps. Yeah, exactly. See, and you. You you uh, look. The NFL has already said they protect deep snappers, so you're not gonna get hit once you get there. You can be small. You can be like tie size and deep snapping in the league. Tell you, man. You call me small, Rod. No, <laughs> no, but compared to NFL guys, you are small. <laughs> we all are fair, compared fair. to NFL dudes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can't even you can't contact the head or neck of a long snapper. <laughs> so if you hit him, you gotta just gotta hit him in the chest. Or like their shoulders. If you can't hit them in the neck or the head, that's pretty damn good. So most defenses just try to avoid them altogether. It's like, man, I'm not even worried about that because I don't want the 15-yard penalty to deal with. All right. So. What else is popping? Ty, do you have a Sex Panther pick <clears throat> of the night tonight? Is that uh, something you got for me? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the under in the Orlando Magic 
and who are they playing? Sorry, uh, the Orlando the Rockets and the Rockets game. Two twenty-two is the Ooh, number. How'd you how'd you know that e so fast? Because I reported in the headlines: the Rockets open their season <laughs> in Orlando. There you go. Yeah, so there you go. But uh, yeah, we got the Rockets in Orlando at the Magic Kingdom. We got the Spurs hosting the Mavericks. That'll be popping tonight. That will be popping. Uh, so the Mavericks like are going to lose. There. The Mavericks are going to lose. Just trust me. I'm used to that disappointment. You're, what? Just because they lose the early on in the hey, season? Hey, by the way, what, what, what's popping? What did the Mavericks do this offseason to improve their ball club? I can't even remember. Mm. I, don't, I don't remember the headline. Was there one? They had two first round rookies that they're expecting a lot from early on, which is weird because Jason Kidd usually doesn't trust rookies at all. Uh, Jaden Hardy took a big step this offseason, uh, second round pick last year. Uh, I expect Josh Green to okay, take the a big step. Okay, the answer is nothing. Okay, thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> thank you very much. They re-signed Kyrie. That was the biggest move. In short, uh, nothing. <laughs> Long story they short, got younger. No, they, they, got younger. they got younger. They got younger. How about this NBA news, though? Can we throw this out there real quick? J- Sham Sharania is reporting that James Harden returned to Philadelphia on Tuesday night with his bags packed, ready to join the team on the road for their Thursday night game versus the Bucks. And the team told him that's okay. 76 asked him not to travel with the team. <laughs> that's what I said. They're like, no, nah, we're good, Keep man. your bags packed. We're tired of your drama. You've been in training camp working, and yeah. now you want to show up? <laughs> they told him don't even show up. Now nah, we're good. Thanks. No thanks. All right. You're, I love you're, it. By the way, your 50 days of football last night, Liberty beat Western Kentucky 42-29. The Liberty teams 8-0. Liberty, Liberty, New Liberty. New Mexico State edged Louisiana Tech in Ruston. So we got 50 days of football tonight. If you're looking for some pigskin, UTEP at Sam Houston. Bearcats rod looking for their first win at this level. They're 0-7. UTEP could be a win there. That's ugly. That's ugly. Also, Jacksonville State will play FIU tonight on CBS Sportsnet. So 50 nights of football continues. Get your picks in. Hey, everybody have a wonderful night. If you missed Jerry Hamilton in the early part, remember Ryan Wingo, five-star receiver out of St. Louis, will commit today at 4 o'clock. Looks like it's a heavy Missouri lean now. But that'll be 4 o'clock today. Patrick Davis will have more on that on the Sports Complex today. But uh, Jerry Hamilton, Nick Shuley, all our guests, if you miss any part of the show, go fire it up at hornfm.com. Rob, have a great one. You too, brother. Appreciate it. Ty, thank you. Have a great uh, Wednesday, folks. We'll see you at 6 a.m. Thursday morning. Five hours of fun and conversation begin then.